Hey, what is up, everyone? This is Gabe here. I am one of the hosts of our podcast, along with Coach Connor. I'm just walking around my condo here in Bangkok, Thailand. Got back from a short but wonderful trip to South Korea, which, if you haven't been, I totally recommend going. I found it to be one of the most just fascinating countries that I visited. I feel really grateful that I got to be there. But anyway, as a result of the flying and the stressful travel, I also competed in a race, so sort of the nerves built up behind that. I got very little sleep, and as a result, I've been feeling a little bit sick. So Connor and I decided to sit down and record a short podcast on the topic of sleep. And as you guys know, sleep is obviously something that is very important, but when you actually look at some of the research behind it, you might not know just quite how important it is. I was pretty shocked, and because of my sleep cycle and how messed up it is, this is going to be one of the big things I try to tackle from now till the end of the year, is really getting on a good schedule. So if you're someone who is interested in health and uh, maybe not just want to hear about fitness and nutrition, I think this will be really interesting for you. Feel free to uh, leave any comments, any feedback. We're pretty new at this whole podcasting thing, and we just like to have kind of conversations, not not uh, record, not like really, we don't really want to script it, you know? I think it's, uh, there's a lot of podcasts out there that are very formal and have a certain tone to them, which again is, is interesting, but one of my favorite uh, podcasts is just sort of conversational, and that's sort of how we want to do it. So anyway... I'll let you guys go. I hope you enjoy the episode, and I'll see you on the other side. Yo, what's up, everyone? This is Gabe. Hey, this is Connor. Welcome to another episode of our podcast. And today, we are going to be talking a lot about something all of us do, whether we like it or not, and that is sleep. (laughs) Not, not another S word. Sleep. We're talking about sleep. So Something we all do, but <laughs> something we probably need to do more of. Yeah, that's, that's well, for both. Okay, for sleep, definitely. That is true. And yeah. even just as, a, as an example, I woke up this morning uh, at 5 a.m. having slept at, at 12 last night. And, and the effect that it has, has had on me for the whole day has been basically eye-opening. I felt like I was, I've been so unproductive for the whole day. I've been basically in a bad mood for the entire day. And I've been trying to sleep during the day after, after work. I had like a 20 minute nap, but then I got up and it's just, it's still the same. So it's just been a strange day. And that's why I, I think uh, we wanted to do something uh of a podcast because I think both of us have realized in the last few weeks that the effect that sleep has had on us very relevant and to that point like it was sort of the opposite for me so I just got back into Bangkok and <laughs> fell asleep very late last night woke up kind of mid-morning running off very little sleep as well and it just gets to you so I think we live in a society that kind of values this idea of putting in the hours and hard work and that's all great but you have to respect your health and know that everything comes at a cost. So if you're sacrificing sleep just to get 
another hour out of work or or even exercise, which again is super helpful, but depending what you're sacrificing, it might not be so good after all. Yeah, so that's, maybe train that like that phrase, train smart, not hard. <laughs> sleep smart. Sleep smart, yeah, exactly. That's the thing. So we're here today to just give you a few tips on how you can optimize your sleep and hopefully you can take some of this and try it out as soon as tonight. So with that said, I just want to start out and I thought this was a very interesting study looking at sleep, exercise, nutrition, and kind of how everything, everything relates to one another. So in the, in the fitness world, in, in the, the world of sort of health as we know it, a lot of people don't talk much about sleep. So we hear a lot about eat clean, eat healthy, eat, you know, get your protein in, uh, go to the gym, but you know, what about the sleep component? How does that play a role in your goals? So there was a study done just a few years yeah, this ago. This is a shocking study. I was this is really crazy. shocked when this I This is crazy. This. So just, just a few years ago, a study published in a Canadian Medical Association journal showed that when you don't sleep enough, you actually cannot lose weight at the rate that you think you can. So what they did is they took a group of two test subjects they gave them the same exercise program, the same diet program, controlled all the variables. So if in terms of calories, uh, calories burned, the macronutrients of the food, relatively same micronutrients, basically as similar as you can get with these two groups. And then they put one group on a sleep schedule where that group was sleeping roughly eight hours a night. The second group was sleeping only six or less than six. And at the end of the study, they found that that group that slept less burned less than 50% body fat than the other group. So in other words, if you're sleeping less and you're doing everything else as best you can, you're not going to see the results you want. It's that important. And it's not something that's really taught. So even in my own uh, studying of exercise and, and fitness, you're not really taught how valuable sleep is. And it's really come to my attention as I've struggled on and off with it the last uh, five, six, seven years of my life. And then hearing uh, zombie Connor over there <laughs> today, the effect it has. Yeah, the same can be said on the, not, not the opposite end of the spectrum, but for, for weight gain, for, for building muscle, for going to the gym. It's, it's so important after you go to the gym or uh, in between exercise, when your body can't actually repair properly or can't build muscle if you're not sleeping enough. There's a hormone called a gr human growth hormone, which uh, increases the rate of your, of your actual muscle building and muscle repair, and which is m more so mostly active when you're actually asleep. So with, with, that, with that in mind, it's so, so important to get enough sleep because you could be doing everything right. You could be eating lots of protein. You could be going to the gym. You could have an amazing gym program. But with that lack of sleep or, or not taking care of that part, you're just, I won't say wasting your time, but you're really slowing down your progress. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And it's, it's not even just, I mean, H, HGH is huge. It's, it's also other hormones like testosterone. You have to have that ratio balanced with your progesterone and estrogen. And so a lot of times, not saying it's all about hormones, but 
the way that your body does repair itself and cleans out kind of these built up various toxins in the brain is through the sleep process. So when you sleep, you actually have different phases of sleep and you have, you have what's called REM sleep. So ideally, all of us are getting five REM cycles a night, which comes out to roughly seven and a half hours because each REM cycle is about 90 minutes. There are some people who can survive on less. The average person probably gets closer to four, which is about six hours. And again, this is un- uninterrupted sleep. So if you're waking up in the middle of the night and you're going to the bathroom or you're checking your phone, scrolling. You're a terrible nightmare. Yeah, exactly. Something, something that gets you up and like you're pacing around or you're just up for a bit, it does throw you out of that REM sleep cycle. So this is talking about uninterrupted sleep, which is, again, very difficult to do. But that's sort of the goal is to try to think about how are you going to get those hours in and actually work backwards. So if you know the time you had to wake up, a lot of people set an alarm clock in the morning, but how about setting one for going to bed? It's, a, it's an idea to kind of get you remembering, okay, this is when I should be getting ready, creating a ritual, brushing my teeth, maybe doing some stretching, reading, just getting into that mindset of this is my time to cool down and get into a sleep mode yeah and and for people Gabe for people who are who are thinking am I getting enough sleep am I not and they might think okay I'm getting six and a half hours or I'm getting seven hours is that enough for me basically how do how do people how do people know if they're getting enough sleep or or not getting enough sleep is it just look at the numbers that are that are given or is there any other indications Yeah, it it probably depends. I mean, a lot of it is how you feel. And unfortunately, so many people get conditioned to feel like crap basically over the years. So you might get used to sort of that grind of waking up sleep deprived and not even remember how it feels to feel fully rested. So it kind of starts with knowing how you are performing during the day and looking at some of the habits that you have to get you through the day. So a very popular um, example is is coffee and just relying on caffeine to make us stay alert and awake. And again, caffeine has its benefits. It's great for performance in the gym. It's great as a pre-workout. It does boost your alertness, but too much of it is going to jack up your cortisol, create a lot of stress hormones in the body, and ultimately keep you in this state of feeling wired and tired. So you're That's kind of exactly how I felt today. I had, a, <laughs> I had three cups of coffee today. Wired and um, tired, yeah. Exactly, and that's how I felt. But it, it was interesting earlier. You mentioned the word, or you mentioned the phrase, "people survive on five or six hours sleep." That's such an interesting way to think about it. Um, yeah, people can survive on six hours sleep, but people can also probably survive on bread and water for a long time. Right. But what good is it surviving? You may as well do do things right. It's better to get, it's obviously better to be eating nicer stuff than food and water. And so it, it's it's obviously going to be nicer to have quite much more sleep. Yeah, it's not. I mean, it's it's surviving and thriving is what you want ultimately. So not just making it through the day, but actually having energy and having creative energy, feeling alert and alive. That's really the goal. So. A few, a few quick tips for you guys. One of them, aside from having this you know, bedtime curfew, is also on the point of coffee, actually cutting yourself off from caffeine. So 
I've played around with this a lot. I used to drink coffee late into the afternoon, sometimes have it right before dinner. And caffeine has a half-life in the body, which means that it takes about six hours for your body to process through the liver and get that caffeine out of your system. So if you're having coffee at like 4 or 5 p.m., half of that caffeine is still going to be in your system by 10. And if you're trying to go to bed right around that time, well, you still might have some of those effects and you know want to sleep but actually still feel alert. So cutting off caffeine is a good way to, uh, to kind of get yourself sleeping at the right time because we do have what's called a circadian rhythm circadian rhythm in the body which basically means that you need to have you need to not just be sleeping six or seven eight hours but actually be sleeping at the right time so one example is uh, my girlfriend who works a she sometimes works a night shift so she will sleep during the day for like eight hours but she always wakes up and feels like complete crap and her hormones are out of whack and she she has a lot of brain fog and just feels lethargic And there's a lot of research showing that shift workers and people who work at odd hours actually have a higher rate of type 2 diabetes, cardiovascular disease, and are at risk for other other chronic illnesses. So it's really important that if you can, if your schedule allows it and you work during the day, going to bed around 10, 11 p.m., waking up right around basically sunrise to sunset or sunset, sorry, sunset to sunrise is optimal. And it's just so happens that we live in this world now where we're on our computers late at night. We have all this blue light shining on our eyes and it's harder to kind of get to that point. But um, for you, Connor, you, you seem to have a pretty good schedule. Maybe you can talk a little bit about how you're able to fall asleep at the time you do and wake up at the time you do. Yeah, m- my schedule... Uh- it's not the perfect schedule, but I suppose it's kind of a forced schedule. My, my work starts at 6 a.m. in the morning. Um, and the thing about it is, it doesn't matter how late I go to bed, I have to get up at 6 a.m. in the morning. Or I have to get up at 5 a.m. in the morning to be ready for 6. But basically, what I think it is, you've got to force yourself to get up early in the morning and get out of your actual cycle of going to bed late and getting up late yes there's going to be one of the days one day where you're extremely tired going around in zombie mode looking like something out of the walking dead but basically if you're forced and if you have to get up get up out of bed at 5 a.m 6 a.m by the time it comes to 10 11 at night you're going to be tired and it's going to get you to sleep much much easier Whereas if you're getting up at 12 p.m. or 12 or 1 p.m., if you're getting up at that time, you're naturally not going to be tired again at 11 or 12. You're going to stick in the same cycle where you're awake until 3 or 4, and it's just going to be a continuous version of that. Basically, like with everything, you have to give it almost like a knee-jerk reaction and just sacrifice one day or two days of being really tired to get yourself into that that routine. Um, and that was just like today for me. I, I went to bed late last night, um, but I still got up early this morning and I'm ready for bed. It's, uh, it's like 9.30 here. I'm ready for bed at 10, 10.30. I just woke him up. He was sleeping right before. 
<laughs> no, but, but like, so then to that point, like what, what should people do in your opinion, if you're kind of working a normal nine to five Monday through Friday, and then you want to go out on the weekends? Cause I know this was sort of my past life where I would, I would go to bed at a proper time during the week, but then on weekends I would be out to like sunrise and like pretty much sleeping in and doing that cycle you said, like, do you have any insight on what people might be able to do or what you've done? Maybe just give your own experience in the past. Um, well, with, with that, with the going out until sunrise um, at the weekends, I suppose uh, that there was a year in 2017 where I, I didn't drink alcohol at all for a full year. Um, and, and that had a massive impact on my sleep. Not that I was getting more sleep, but the quality of my sleep was, was just really, really good. I would, I would wake up in the morning after maybe six hours, seven hours. And, and in previous years I would have been very, very tired, but while I wasn't drinking, when I hadn't drank alcohol for such a long time, I seemed to have much more energy and my sleep patterns were, they were just much easier to get into. Um, and in saying that again, with, with alcohol, I'm not saying you shouldn't drink, but if you're, if you're going out on a Friday night and staying awake until 6 a.m. in the morning or 7 a.m. in the morning, uh, not only will you have a hangover, but it's gonna affect your sleep pattern for the entire week. It's not just one day that it's gonna affect. You can't possibly expect to have a good week of sleep ahead if you're if you're completely going against what your body is telling you to do every single weekend because it comes to a situation where you might go out friday night and go out really hard and and stay awake until six or seven and your body might be back to relatively we'll say normal by thursday or friday but then you do the same thing again and it's it's that vicious cycle exactly you you hit the nail on the head like that's it's that's exactly the problem and it's it's true that like you know alcohol is not completely evil but when it comes to sleep it has a huge negative impact on our sleep and there's a big difference between between drinking alcohol in a social aspect and and going out till maybe 12 one or two there's a big difference between that and going out till five or six um, massive yeah. yeah it's massive and just like the effect it has like we were talking about REM sleep before so alcohol basically takes you out of REM sleep so if you're having a glass of wine or you know a beer like soon before you sleep your, your body's not going to be able to get into that restorative regenerative sleep cycle that it needs which is why people wake up and they're like super groggy and have a lot of brain fog and it's it is the alcohol so Again, I, I actually want to know because I'm not sure myself. Every time I drink red wine, I always have dreams. <laughs> I, I just very strange dreams, and I, I actually don't know the reason why. But I've noticed it that every time, even it might be one glass of red wine, I have this <laughs> these strange, strange dreams. I don't know if you know. Yeah, yeah. I don't. That. I don't know. I don't know a lot about that. I would say there's probably it probably has to do with like the chemical makeup of the wine you're drinking and i think that's sort of i don't know if there's any like real research there's definitely anecdotal research on that topic of like wine leading to sort of a more like yeah like dream state um 
you know, there's different ways of being drunk. And a lot of people say that wine and particularly red wine kind of gives you that loopy, dreamy sensation. So there's <laughs> there's probably some truth to that. I'm not quite sure. Yeah, because I, 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 don't, I don't dream regularly. Um, but then when this comes on, there's these crazy like hunger game style dreams coming in <laughs> yeah it's uh that's a it's a strange one for sure um you know another another important thing is actually your nutrition and looking at sort of what you're eating through the day the times that you're eating i know a lot of people who don't really have set meal times may experience less quality sleep than people who actually have proper meal times laid out and again, I'm sort of guilty of this because I don't really set proper times for myself. But if you look at how long it takes your digestive system to empty and making sure that you leave a certain amount of time before you sleep just to let your body digest and sort of get into more of a uh, parasympathetic state, that's going to really help. So just paying attention to when you're eating and then also what you're eating. So one thing is if you're eating you know, a very like sugary snack right before bed, for example, well, that's going to spike your blood glucose. You actually might have a burst of energy and it might make it harder to sleep than say if you're eating something that has a lower release of blood sugar. So something maybe a little higher in protein, for example, that's going to keep your blood sugar stable and not have this big drop, which again is sort of like you go down the line of like hypoglycemia and type 2 diabetes and everything. Again, it's not a huge thing, but just paying attention to the nutrition you're getting and the timing is going to be really helpful as well. Uh, another one is looking at blue light. So we mentioned that before, but just looking at like, what do you, are you looking at your phone right before you sleep? Are you on your computer? This all affects the quality of sleep as well. So just like alcohol, blue light actually takes you out of REM sleep. It's going to it's going to basically impact the pineal gland in your brain so that it's going to become more stimulated. You're going to have a harder time falling asleep and it decreases melatonin. So you're just not going to feel as tired. So if you're someone who like me is up late and you're scrolling on Instagram, you're on your computer, try to download an app. Like there's one I like called flux F dot L U X. And that actually blocks some of the blue light. There are also blue light blocking glasses you can get. It's ironic that you, uh, that you get an app to... to, to yeah, okay. Apps. I'm not saying you... No, no, but it's true. Terms. It's a good point. You st- stay off your phone and stay <laughs> off your computer. Like, 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 try to set a time limit. So like an hour or even half an hour before you go to bed, like actually pick up a book that's been sitting by your bed for the last year and read it, you know? D- does the Flux app work? It do, I mean, what, it, can you describe what, what does it do? Yeah, so it does. It does work. Not. I mean, the best thing is, like you said, just stay off the electronics completely. But if you need to be on them, it does help because it changes the light that's admitted from your computer or from your phone. Do, does it block certain apps or? It just blocks. It just changes the screen. Like the whole screen tint is different. So again, you're you have different. You have these different shades of light that impact your your um your eyes and blue light is just the one that is the most stimulating for the body so if you're able to switch it off ever so slightly it's going to help um help with the sleep yeah yeah that's that's definitely a good a good idea and i know i know what you mean exactly by by uh being on your phone uh, before you go to bed 
sometimes I was talking to this uh, with one of my friends the other day about sometimes when you go on YouTube, if you go on YouTube before you go to bed, you, you almost get into like a smog cycle of YouTube and you can wake up from that smog in about 20 minutes and you realize that you've gone from watching one music video to end up watching a Donald Trump parody or a um, bully karma or something and they just come and one one video leads on to another video and, and that's what it's designed to do, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, Twitter, YouTube, all of these, they're designed to keep you hooked. And, uh, but the thing is, we can blame Instagram and we can blame all these social media sites, but, but realistically, you've got to take responsibility for, for actually using them yourself. You know, it's easy to blame, it's easy to blame that, that, but realistically, what you need to do is you need to realize, okay, I'm the type of person that if I'm going to watch one YouTube video, I'm going to end up watching four or five of them. You've got to recognize that and use a stimulus of control. What it's called, it's a, it's a method like setting up your environment so that you, you can't actually use your phone or really dedicating yourself and saying, I'm not going to use my phone tonight after a certain time. Like that alarm you were talking about earlier on. Set that alarm and once that alarm goes, you're, you're done. Yeah, you're, you're right. You have to set some rules for yourself. And it is amazing, like all these apps, you, you, you just have to think, you know, they have like hundreds of like PhD programmers who are literally their job is to make you addicted to your phone and addicted to that app. And you, they want you to stay and scroll and comment and swipe and swipe. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Depending on what you're what you're trying to do. But it's like you have to know like these are inherently incredibly addictive the same way a lot of food that's made these days is like it's manufactured in labs by food scientists to like literally have you addicted so you can't stop eating some of these foods and and you just it's like if you're trying to lose weight you don't have chocolate and and fast food in your kitchen if you're trying to go to sleep you shouldn't have your your phone open with all of these apps in it it's just uh we all know it. It's all common sense. It's just, it's, it's difficult to apply sometimes. It is, but it's, I mean, it, all of this is, all of this like on a macro level is so important just because our, the whole culture that we live in again is it's, it's not really set up for success when it comes to sleep. And if you think about children growing up today and instead of reading books, they're on their phones, on their TVs and a lack of sleep in kids leads to an 89% increase in obesity risk, which is a huge amount. And for adults, that's a little less, it's like, but it's still like 60%, I think 55%, if I remember correctly. So these are big numbers that are not really helping us and keeping us sick and stressed. And it's not like you need to sleep 10 hours a night, but even just seven hours is going to drastically decrease your risk for type 2 diabetes, cardiovascular disease, and a whole host of other chronic illnesses. Yeah. If all else fails, just <laughs> have sex before you go to bed. <laughs> Get the big O. The big yeah. O. That's, uh, that's, that's actually, there's, there's truth to that, though. When you release, uh, when you have an ejaculation or you release... Um, well, f- male or female, when you when you are able to come, 
you basically release certain hormones that signal relaxation in the brain. So oxytocin, you have that drive of dopamine, then you become relaxed and you're able to sort of shut off and it does help. Never ending (laughs) benefits. (laughs) So if you're listening right now and you feel like you're not getting enough sleep, (laughs) put down the phone (laughs) and yeah, exactly. Uh, Keep it, uh, keep it PG. But um, uh, yeah, I guess uh, so just a few other uh, tips, you know, keeping uh, uh, establishing that sleep wake cycle is really important. So just trying to be consistent, going to bed at the same time, waking up at the same time, um, having your electronics shut off at a certain time is going to be really helpful. Getting flux or downloading something like that, establishing a caffeine curfew is going to help a lot. Um, in terms of your actual bedroom, trying to keep the temperature relatively cool is going to help as well. So if you're like constantly sweating or tossing and turning, it's not going to give you as good of a sleep. And there's a lot of studies to kind of show that having a bedroom temperature that I think is roughly like 22, 23 degrees Celsius um, is what ends up being usually about usually the best for people for sleeping conditions. Um, Not eating too late. We already mentioned that one. Um, I mean, if you struggle with like anxiety or shutting off your brain there, there are things that can help like meditation, obviously, um, reading. I like to do something kind of weird where I like drain, it's called like draining your legs. So I like prop my legs up on my bed. So if you think about like, if you can just picture this, like you're lying in like a V sort of like a, or L L formation. So your legs are like at a 90 degree angle above your head. And what that does is that like drains a lot of the lactic acid and blood from your legs, which if you're standing or sitting, that's where all the blood accumulates during the day or a lot of blood. And it drains that uh, lactic acid and sort of gives you this weird tingling feeling after like five or 10 minutes, but it's really relaxing. So then when you are able to lie down, like it just, <laughs> it sounds super weird, but it really does help like just sort of like relax your body a little bit and just... I don't know. It's worked for me in the past. Yeah, and that's that's the the interesting thing. Um, there's there's things maybe that we mightn't have mentioned, or there everybody has their own little technique. But find out the most important thing. Find out what works for you and stick with that. Yeah. Certain things will work for you, and certain things that we've mentioned won't work for you. It's not a one size fits all. Just like everything. But what, I, what I feel one of the most important things is when you find out what works for you or if you're trying any of the tips that we've given, if you want to develop a habit, you've got to do it consistently. Trying it once a week, saying, okay, this Tuesday I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to bed at this time. It's going to be very difficult for you to get into a, into a habit that way. If you want to try and get into a correct sleeping routine, it needs really needs to be every single day. Now, that doesn't mean that you implement every single thing that we've said in, in the whole week. Maybe if you implement one or two strategies in the, in the whole week, in the first week, and get them consistently, then you can start to implement more strategies. But again, most important thing is, is consistency. Do it every single day. Because if you don't do it every single day, your body is going to go back into those neurological pathways and not remember 
and not remember the way that you want to do it now. Yeah, that's, that's the, the best advice we can give you is just trying to really establish that routine. That's going to take precedence over anything else. And just as an example, like if, if you think that it's too big of a jump to try to do everything we mentioned, maybe you have coffee a few times during the day and then you end the night with like a drink or two. Maybe just trying to take one of those out. So if you're having like a total of five drinks, like, you know, two or three coffees, two or three beers, just trying to eliminate one of those and changing it to like a nice glass of water or some tea, some, you know, decaf tea or even decaf coffee, something that is going to just take a little edge and a little, a little less stress off the body. That's going to help just like ever so slightly. So for some people, like actually for me, it's easier just to cut it out completely but just know yourself. So like Connor said, um, creating these sort of habits is, is going to be the best thing. And then just figuring out what works for you is ultimately going to lead to your, uh, your better sleep hygiene. Yeah. And, and the benefits, it's just, uh, yeah, there's lots of scientific benefits uh, to this. But most importantly, just on a general daily basis, when you wake up and, you, and you're rested, the day just just it feels much much easier things that might cause you stress usually during the day just seem not to cause you stress it you feel more social you have more energy you've less time procrastinating and you feel like you have more concentration just in general your mood your mood seems to change and and i've noticed that the last the last week myself on certain days not having enough sleep and on certain days getting a lot of sleep you once you really reflect and think about it and and become aware of what you're what you're feeling when you have when you have enough sleep and when you don't have enough sleep that's when you'll really start to realize what actually what actually are the benefits and what how does it how does it help you yeah most i really think most people don't know how good you can feel like if you actually are properly rested and start to take care of yourself in the way that your body needs. And just one more tip, like, because this is a big thing. This is probably one of my biggest weaknesses as a person is this whole conversation of sleep. And something that's helped me like tremendously is if you are, if you do struggle to wake up early, set an alarm, wake up one morning, it's going to suck at first, but like go outside, get under the sun, move your body a little bit. And I swear the rest of the day is completely different from your other days like it just it totally changes the whole outlook on and sets the tone for the rest of your entire day and again it's like don't stress out if you can't keep to it right away but just know how that difference feels because that's what you want to try to shoot for (laughs) yeah exactly i i completely agree with that get up early in the morning move your body if you're if you're sitting around all day and you're not really doing much your body is not going to feel tired. Your energy levels are still going to be high at the end of the day. Get up, get moving, get working, and then go to sleep. <laughs> Have sex, go to sleep. <laughs> simple. Life is simple. Life is simple. There you Move have your body, it. Have sex, go to sleep. There you have it. There you have it. Wise words from uh, Connor and Gabe once again. So, anyway, we hope you enjoyed it. Try to uh, get some rest tonight. Download the app Flux. Try to set a curfew. 
just you know, listen back and uh, think about some of these things that you can start to implement and just take action. Because again, we could provide you some of the research and, and tips and tricks, but at the end of the day, it comes down to you. So have a good night. Yeah. <laughs> Sleep well. Sweet dreams. Sweet dreams. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>All right, there you have it. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you found some value out of this episode. You can learn more about me and the coaching I provide at the website www.stayfit.asia or follow me on Instagram at Gabe Heck. You can follow Coach Connor at his Instagram at Coaching Inside Out. So he provides personal, uh, he's a lifestyle coach who provides personal training here in Bangkok. So do follow us or please get in touch with us if you have any questions, comments. We'd love to hear from you and stay tuned for the next episode. Thank you so much.